Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by the fine people at The Podcast Host. If you're looking to grow your podcast or start a podcast for yourself and your freelance business, then check them out because they're the people who can help you do it. The link is at beingfreelance.com. First, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for filmmaker Graham Love. I used to have like an iPod touch. You know what kind of ping sounds when you got a new like, email? Like in the weeks after that video launch, it was like Morse code, just it kept you know, going off, work offers from everywhere. And it was just it was such an exciting time. I often wonder if people in like these marketing agencies, have they had the experience of actually working, you know, for themselves, actually doing the nitty gritty filming a project? Because I just say it wouldn't hurt, you know, basically rub my tummy, make me feel appreciated. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to another one. I'm going to be chatting to Graham Love, who is a stop-motion filmmaker in a moment. Hear his story, find out how he gets on being freelance. Just to remind you, the website beingfreelance.com is the place where you can find loads of previous episodes, sign up to the newsletter and find details of New Media Europe, where I'm going to be doing the podcast live. It's a conference in London in June of 2016. Early bird tickets are on sale now, so if you are interested, go take a look because they're a bit cheaper. Also, you can join us on Twitter at Being Freelance. Always nice when you reach out to the people that we speak to as well. I know, uh, I know they appreciate it. And um, yeah, anyway, that's enough about that. Let's crack on. Well, let's go to Aberdeen, right at the top of the UK, right at the top of Scotland, and chat to freelance filmmaker Graham Love. Hey, Graham. Hi, Steve. Hello. So, um, how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance? Um, it all kicks off in the summer of 2010. Um, I was in fifth year at school and there's a World Cup that year, a football World Cup. And I decided to make a little Lego video about it. And I know nothing about football. I thought, hmm, what was big? And that was the time of South Africa. And there was all that kind of controversy about the Vuzela wrecking like, the tournament. Um, so I took that and put a little knowledge of football I had. I made a little video of Zinedine Zidane headbutting a guy playing a Vuvuzela. And um, <laughs> I got like 50,000 views. And intriguingly, it got featured on Newsweek. And I sat there, I was like, oh, a video I've made is actually like, you know, considered worthy of going on a news site. That is quite a fun feeling. I quite like that, you know, semi-gone viral. That was interesting. So the following year, I'd left school at this point. I was waiting to go off to university. Just killing time. And the Rugby World Cup was just around the corner. I thought, could I do the same thing this year? You know, I'm a big rugby fan. It would seem logical. Could I try and make a viral video? Which is a terrible way to start making any project, <laughs> aiming to have it go viral. But that's kind of in the back of my mind. Um, so once again, dug out my Lego. Um, filmed for about two weeks. Made this Lego Rugby World Cup thing. Launched it. And after a bit of gentle prodding, a bit of, you know, spamming on Facebook... It just it kicked off big time. Um, the offers started flooding in, and a few weeks later, I'd left uni and was selling a job for the first time ever. So, yeah. So, are you saying you dropped out of uni? Yes. Yeah. So you, <laughs> so you, you actually made that in your time before starting uni, mm-hmm. and it was so popular that what people just started approaching you for work. Basically, um. Like the week before, like a couple of weeks before, um, the New Zealand Herald got in touch and did some work for, it, for them. That was my first ever paid commission. It was a proud feeling. And then the night before I was meant to move down to uni, like the car was packed, we're all ready to go. Um, a producer from ITV got in touch saying, 
would you like to do a you know, short piece for TV? And it's always been like one of my ambitions as a kid was to like have my work shown in a cinema and I was lucky enough to do it a year before and have you know, work done for TV. And we're sitting you know, around the kitchen table at night thinking, oh, that's quite tempting. Um, so we moved all, you know, drove down to Edinburgh, moved all the stuff in up the top floor, lugged up you know, several flights of stairs, um, scheduled a kind of emergency meeting with my tutors. We're like, could I defer uni by two weeks? That's all I need. And they didn't particularly seem that impressed. And we're like, no, you know, you stay or go. <laughs> um, so I left and everything kind of snowballed from there. Wow, that's amazing. So w- were you going to be doing film at university? Or? Film and photography, yeah. So this passion of, um, I, I mean, I suppose up to that point then, because you mentioned you'd done something that got shown in the cinema, was that also yeah. stop stop motion? That was, yeah. Um, like the guy, like, who, like we had like, I think, Aberdeen, Belmont Cinema. Um, you might have been to it on your travels. Um, like a local picture house cinema. Um, they had a kind of education development officer, great guy called Paul Foy, um, who took quite a shine to me. And then one day, randomly, was like, "Hey, you've made all these films. I'll give you your own showcase." And um, managed to like drag, you know, a load of friends along on Saturday morning. We packed out a cinema, and I got to do my screening, do Q and A and stuff. So that was quite a, a proud moment. Um, that kind of really sparked things off, I guess. That's amazing. So, so this uh, offer from ITV came in. So, what you, you were what eighteen? Seventeen. Seven. That, that was the annoying thing about uni. Um, I turned eighteen a week after Freshers' Week ended. And you, you said it snowballed. Yeah. How did that happen? Was it literally off off the back of that Rugby World Cup? Yeah. Um, just video. Like um, that wasn't that was like the catalyst. Um, I used to have like an iPod Touch, you know, that kind of ping sound. So you got a new like email. <laughs> like in the weeks after that video launch, it was like Morse code, just it kept you know going off. Um, like work offers from everywhere, and it was just it was such an exciting time. Um, and then you know once you kind of done one project, people went, oh, I saw that, and so and so, I'll get in touch and you know do something similar, for whatever my you know idea or brand is, and it just keeps keeps going on. And, and what kind of brands were getting in touch? Uh, at the beginning, I think we had uh, it was mostly rugby stuff to begin with. But um, like as we kind of like, as the years go on, it starts to like it gets really bizarre and peters out. Um, I've done stuff for like uh, I think uh, there was one did a large project for a company advertising ink cartridges, <laughs> um, trying to make them sexy, which is a, a challenging gig. Um, like done stuff for Nando's, Magners. Um, so eventually it does start to diversify, but the game was very much sport and rugby based. When you've got that first gig with ITV, mm-hmm. with this insane grin on your face, I can imagine. Just a bit. How did you know how to quote for that job? Well, thankfully, um, they offered me a, a paltry sum, but I was like, yeah, I'll take it, you know. Um, you know, it's a chance to be, you know, essentially say, I've been commissioned. Uh, it was, you know, too tempting not to. Um, so, so I guess at that stage, money was just like, you know, no no issue. But um, I think it was about eight, 8 o'clock in the morning, my parents stayed home from work, you know, just to watch it with me. It was a very, that's a, a real high point. You know, kind of your first yeah. senior work on TV. And um, you, know, you know the broadcaster, Craig Doyle? He did a lovely kind of shout out for me. I got name checked on air, so it was just uh, mm. ah, 
All the moments. All of that work starts coming in. How mm. did you, you know, go from, I guess, student into huh. being a business? Um, it kind of creeps up on you. Like, all of a sudden, you've sent off your forms to, you know, HMRC. You've suddenly you've chosen a name. Um, I know some things I'm quite glad. Obviously, Graham Love at school on computers, it was always like initial and last name. That was your username. And, you know, like the year you joined, so I was always Glove05M1 obviously glove to begin glove productions um and i guess it's quite easy to start a business um it's more of keeping it going it's the hard bit but um <laughs> well, yeah, forms then name done and then just kind of played it by ear basically yeah i love that on your site it says that it went glove productions went from an ironic <laughs> sign off on your films into an actual business kind of almost overnight do you now, when it comes to getting new clients, are are you marketing yourself? Is it all done on referral, all done on this sort of snowball? Pretty much. Um, like back then when I think it launched, I did have like 250 business cards printed out and I still got about 240 of them left. <laughs> um, it's seldom I actually meet people in the flesh. Um, I know most likely snowball, but occasionally like, um, you know, people do get, in, you know, I will get in touch with people and be like, hey, so and so said I should get in touch with you. Want to give me a job? Um, and it's also that thing if anyone ever makes a mistake of emailing me, once your address is in my, you know, inbox, you're going to get peppered every so often of, you know, what you really need? You need some stop motion content. It would really just bring out that so and so. The great thing is, because, is so your niche is stop motion, and yeah. that has really become flavor of the month mm. just in the last year in fact on facebook and twitter for for example have you felt the benefits no oh, yeah definitely um i was i was almost too much competition these days but um no you look around and it's everywhere um annoyingly at times though um i mean not to run down rivals but um like sometimes you browse on twitter you see a promoted tweet and you'll think you look at that frame rate you know geez who who did that intern um <laughs> why not me but um no it is great because i think there's something about the medium of stop motion is just so inherently satisfying there's almost something organic about it so it's great to see that you know very much in the mood so how have you continued to sort of evolve creatively <laughs> have i evolved creatively um <laughs> I think just, I guess, all the different projects, like each one brings with it a different challenge, you know, some new skill to master or learn. Um, it's very much just on the job. Um, as each project goes by, I think you do kind of add, you know, new skills to armory. And at first, people were coming at you with, you know, can we have another Lego one? Can yes. Have Lego one? Mm. But you've moved on from there. That's taken a, a while to shift that kind of that reputation of being the Lego boy. Um, yeah, again, it's just... I guess it was always like, you know, I knew there was a project come along that wouldn't be Lego. And finally, it took, oh, was it two and a half years, I think, until I finally did something that was completely 100% non-Lego. And that was a, almost, you know, a relief because um, you don't want to get pigeonholed, I guess. Mm. And that project itself was an absolute killer because I thought, oh, I won't do Lego this time. What could I do? Ended up having to cut out 3,000 individual stick figures um, <laughs> and animate them. But it was good to break the, the Lego duck, as it were. And now you've you appear in some of them yourself. Yes, indeed. The acting career is really taking off. Um, it could be because I'm vain. No, I think it's more. Um, I've always been a one man band, and that was the stuff for Sony. 
And I was kind of reading through it with storyboards that were thinking, okay, you know, like person, um, you know, flips a frying pan, thinking probably need someone to, you know, to who could I cast? Oh, it's just me. Um, and it's it's the thing you're trying to like shoot stop motion. You're like, okay, if I'm in shot, who is going to, you know, trigger the camera? Can I do it with my big toe and a long enough extension cable? Just about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, marriage of convenience, sir. But um, it's quite fun though, because. Um, you know, if obviously you know your friends on Facebook, you think, um, you know, we see something Sony ads and just, it's, it's very satisfying. The, the ITV commission, that first one, they mm-hmm. offered you money. But obviously, in order to keep this going as, as an actual business, you need to be able to quote. And yes. I'm, clearly what you do, it's an art form. It's uh, It takes a long time that's why it's so great how do you go about quoting that do, are you quoting like a, a day rate are you quoting a project rate when it comes to um, like pricing uh, again a funny story where like the initial contract obviously from New Zealand Herald so we I broke that down into how much they paid me per second and then every time I did a project it would just it kept growing and that I charged by the second of animation basically Oh, I see. So you charge by for for second? Yes. It's got pros and cons that way, because some projects are obviously easier than others. I don't know, I I do feel I should develop a day rate, but that's just, like, I guess what I know best is my by the second rate. Do you ever have moments where you have too many potential projects on the go at one time where you've had to say no? I hate saying no. I have been pretty lucky, actually. We tend to just fall kind of bum, 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 bum. Um, we've been a couple of times we've overlapped, um, and that's been interesting. Because um, I'm trying to do a juggling job, um, but no, I seldom turn down work. Hate turning down work. Because that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, none of us like to turn down work. I'm just because it's so heavily involved that um, yeah, I didn't know whether there was the temptation to take on other people to work with you. Oh, I'd be a terrible person to work for. Um, <laughs> I think for some of it, I said stop motion, very long process. I don't know if it's just me. Whenever I'm working on a project, like obviously you need some sort of music to keep you going to try, you know, disguise a fact. You're, you know, you're moving, you know, things inches, millimeters at a time for several hours and end. So once I start a project, I'll have like a single piece of music that will play in a loop until the day's filming is done. And... Um, Again, really kind of bizarre choice. Like last year, um, I think I listened to Hello by Adele about 100 times um, straight. And it just something about that's very almost kind of soothing, cathartic kind of time seems to melt. You're just kind of there. You're not really, you're very involved. I think to put another person into that mix would just, would be unfair in them. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that is actually an American army torture technique. Yes, friends have comments on that actually. It is... Um, <laughs> I do kind of subject myself to sleep deprivation and, yeah, that. Um, How have you um, coped with the business side of it? I'm still going four years on, so fairly well. Um, it's fair to say it's not my favourite side of it. Um, you know, love making films, get a real buzz from launching films. It's a bit before you start filming with all the kind of, you know, arguing about money time, deadlines, watching your idea being, you know, beaten up by marketing people. That's the bit I'm not as keen on. But obviously it's a necessary evil. But I guess when you kind of look at it that way, it helps you get through it. 
Love it. Okay, just to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the fine people at The Podcast Host. If you're tempted to do it for your freelance business or just as a side project passion of your own, you can learn the craft through their online courses. And like I've mentioned before, they can take care of all the technical side, taking all of that work off your hands. You record your part, send it through, and they publish it to the world once they've tidied it all up and, you know, find them. They are thepodcasthost.com. There is a link from our website, beingfreelance.com, on this episode page. Right, back to you though, Graham. Have you learned anything over... How many how many years have we been doing it now? Four and a half now. Before well, we five actually come September. Have you yeah. learned anything in that time? Like uh, that has made you, I don't know, more confident in your stance, I guess. Um, I think just having done so many projects and not a lot of them for big name companies, it does kind of give you, you know, you must be doing something right. We keep coming back. Um, also, I think one of the things that was quite hard to learn at first was um, like before I started doing it as a business. If somebody liked my film, it tends to be their friends or family and they actually liked me. And kind of learning that like people were very much just they wanted, you know, what you could do. They didn't really actually care about, you know, the person behind it. I had to go file to like to learn that. And learn it a hard way. That's intriguing though, because I, I think there is still very much a personal side to what you do. Like mm. that, that that person from whichever company is only dealing with you. They're seeing the results of your work, but you find that that I don't know. But they feel like maybe they're just working with some project manager, and it's not actually the creative person. Some come and some companies are amazing. Um, in fact, the most. Um, but obviously, like you know, in all walks in life, you do come across some people, and you kind of feel. As uh, they could be renting out a camera, basically the way we treat you, um, you know, you're very much just, you know, a service, a product, whatever. You know, we want, you know, that from you, and we're just, we're just seeing a lack of empathy there. Um, but by and large, most people are quite awesome, yeah. especially BBC. They rock. But we're creatives. So we need to be loved. Right? Oh, exactly. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I often wonder if people in like these marketing agencies have they had the experience of actually working, you know, for themselves actually doing the nitty-gritty filming a project because I just say it wouldn't hurt you know basically rub my tummy make me feel appreciated um yeah you made reference there to like people saying oh can you do this or whatever once it sounded like the process is underway mm. and them not understanding stop motion do you find that you have to educate your clients or have you started to because of problems you've had yes and yes there's all that danger you don't want to come across as patronizing um but it's kind of getting across to people that um, it would be amazing to have, I don't know, a flurry of champagne corks going off and, you know, champagne, you know, flying across the screen. You try doing that in stop motion, it's really, it's, you know, water, liquids, let's try and stay clear. Um, yeah, just, I think there should be kind of think animation and they think, oh, animation, stop motion, CGI, yeah, it's all probably the same thing, you know, you know, a couple of clicks on the computer, it will be sorted. And... Basically, no, it won't be. So, it just tends to be through our kind of our various kind of emails at the beginning stage. We tend to eventually get down to the you know that is a great idea, but could we perhaps do an alternative? And here's why. Da, 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 da. And eventually, we tend to find you know shared ground. Yeah, and it's all done remotely. You don't yeah. meet these yeah. people. Uh, new, in fact, I think four years business. I've met clients in the flesh four times in four years <laughs> and that was the same guy twice actually once. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, which I kind of like. I was going to say, though, is there an element of uh, isolation? Splendid isolation. Um, No, (laughs) there is. I mean, you're the first person I've spoken to all day today. Yeah, I guess at times, but you get to really enjoy your own company um, and be one of yourself. Oh, I sound so pretentious. Um, I know the idea of working in the office, you know, it's not what terrifies me, I guess. Um, you know, having, you know, just that kind of constant background noise and chatter and people and drama for here, it's just, you work, get it done, it's done, all's good, all's good. Have you had any issues when it's come to getting paid because a lot of us <laughs> dr- dream of you know big mm. name clients but you know does that mean it's better i've had issues uh, i had one client early on who basically shafted me and i never got that money um kind of a sore point at the time but you know i guess it just kind of i don't know warned you for you know it was a, a learning curve um Apart from that, though, it tends to just be companies taking an absolute age to pay. Um, you know, I've had, like, chasing at money for, like, up to, like, half a year. And, you know, maybe if you're a huge, you know, multinational or, you know, a huge organisation, you know, what's a couple of thousand quid to you? But to me, it's like, you know, baby needs milk, basically. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's always a thing about chasing invoices. Um, but I've got better, because back in the day, it used to be I would do all the work, and I'd pay for it now it's, you know, half up front. So it does help to cushion things. So you insist on yes. half up front now? Yeah. Also, if I'm going to spend, you know, a month, you know, beavering away, put some faith in me, basically. But you still have sometimes had to wait months to be paid? A lot, of, yeah. There are some companies it's just, you know, it's like, you know, so-and-so suddenly decides to leave the office, your email goes into, like, I don't know, someone's folder. Uh, um, a lot of... You know, hi, um, you may or may not know me. I'm Graham. I did that kind of project last year. It would be nice to see some money cock <laughs> off. Um, but by and large, you know, we do get it in the end. Man, you mm. need some tough love is what you need. Ah, very good, very good, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard though, isn't it? it? It is hard doing that, but that's really harsh, man. Mm. How have you, you know, we often hear about like work-life balance. Ha. Like, do you have a studio? Do you work from home? I do work from home. Um, Work-life balance. Um, It varies. Um, But during a project, not great. Um, Become very, very, very almost obsessively focused. Um, And there'll be times of like, oh, hey, friends, I haven't seen you in a fortnight or three weeks. We definitely need to catch up again. Um, Sometimes you do just become rather swamped, which is annoying, but... At times necessary, I guess. And is that because of the tight deadline, or simply because that's actually the way you like to work? Well, where is that as well? Um, generally, a combination of the two, though. Um, we tend to kind of meet and um, long, long shifts, um, beavering away. Again, music on repeat. The balance could definitely be improved, but sometimes I think you just got to accept that you know that trip to the pub or whatever isn't going to happen. Considering that this all began out of a side project out of you mm. know a passion project whatever you want to call it do you still have time to do that or do you find that your you know your creativity is just you know t- ticked <laughs> by, by what you're doing um well it was kind of went from like a period where it was just all i was doing was doing like commercial projects 
And it just kind of started to sap you after a while because, you know, sure, you're getting paid to like, make films, that's cool, but you're not getting paid to make the films you'd necessarily want to make or the direction you'd want to steer them in. Um, and so over the past kind of year, so I've made a concerted effort to do other projects, non-commercial stuff, just to, you know, I guess, A, keep my kind of hand and just, you know, always be filming, but also just have that kind of, you know, non... So not have some marketing person leaning down saying, no, oh, didn't like that, do it this way. Um, it's quite, it's therapeutic almost. So what sort of things have you been doing? Um, have Have they seen the light of day? They have, they have. Um, a lot of rugby related stuff, that being a big passion. Um, it was the World Cup last year mm. and started doing off, well, I started, made one little vine to wish the Scotland team all the best and basically saying I'd see them down in Gloucester. And that got quite a good response. So I thought, oh, maybe there's a kind of a market, as it were, for these pre-game vines. And since then, for like every Scotland game to date, so since World Cup, there's always been a little pre-game vine from years truly, maybe a post-game vine. If there's something kind of controversial happens, I'll maybe shoot away something. And that's been a kind of, that's been quite fun, you know. Enjoyed that. Um, a couple of longer things, well, all, all rugby-related. Yeah, because it's take, taking you back to what, what you love. Exactly, <laughs> Do you set yourself goals, be it creatively or business-wise? Um, I suppose I don't know. Do I set myself business goals? Um, no, to be blunt. Um, it's fine. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse than that feeling of setting a goal and then not you know, achieving it. Um, but if you, you, know, you don't set one, you can't fail. Um no, I haven't really set. This sounds terrible. I haven't really set any goals since like I left school, or actually even in school. Then it was, you know, films at the cinema, films on TV. Ah, oh, done them. Um, no, haven't. No, God, I sound so like devoid of purpose. Um, probably should set some goals. If I can make you feel a bit better, the fact that you went back to doing a passion project. Nah, was, I suppose it was an unwritten goal. <laughs> I was, guess. That's I think to make something of length would be a goal at some point. You need, so you need to persuade. Yeah, so, yeah, someone to like say I want to hire you for like a year or two years. You no, know, to make a real, a real mam of something. Now, I I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself, make two true, one a lie, and let me That's figure awesome. out the lie. What have you got for me? Well, I spent the first year and a half in business editing all my movies for commercial clients on Windows Movie Maker. Um, I was issued a cease and desist order from Lego and I've had the honour of having my work appear on the drum alongside content from Pornhub. (laughs) (sighs) Um, So you've had a cease and desist uh, letter from Lego. Back in the day, yes. You have had your work featured on the drum. Mm, I know, check me. Alongside Pornhub. Content, content from Pornhub, yes. And please tell me they're not doing stop motion. And, <laughs> uh, the uh, What was the first one? I spent the first year and a half in business doing all my work, like personal and commercial, editing it on Windows Movie Maker. Oh, I see. So rather than, I don't know, Premiere or Final Cut or whatever, Windows Movie Maker. Hmm. Here's the thing. You were... Uh, I mean, you are clearly a filmmaker. Would you use Windows Movie Maker? But you were a student, and this was... 
I don't know how one goes about making a stop motion film. Maybe it's fairly easy to piece because you're really putting together lots of frames of ah oh, the drum point the drum the drum I'm going to say is real because uh, the drum is a creative marketing magazine and clearly you do amazing stuff okay. so i surely you are now i don't know why Pornhub was next to it i clearly i don't know what that is lego 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 i did wonder whether lego had ever been in touch with you i don't okay. think though that they would tell you to cease and desist L- lego is a lie no oh, well done yes thankfully yeah thankfully yes do you I know, I did wonder it, but yeah, I think Lego are pretty, probably pretty smart to the fact that that sort of stuff is only making them look cool. Um, yeah, I think they get that. So you really did do everything on Movie Maker, though. Yes. Um, again, just, you know, I'd never really like spent much on gear. Um, I had like Canon 500D, a couple of flip cameras. They've gone out of business now. And did everything on Movie Maker, which it does, as you say, kind of work for stop motion. You know, you obviously put the frames in, except there's a really annoying feature that because the way Movie Maker like would do, would handle individual pictures, you could either have a frame rate of 16 frames, bit irregular, or 32, just far too fast, which is A, quite annoying. And the other, like, a terrible thing with Movie Maker is there's only one, like, track where you can, like, have audio or sound effects. So if you're doing like a big project, you'd have to put, okay, I'll put in the same effects here, save that, new project, import that file, the next line of sound effects. And if something's gone wrong, oh, it's just... Man. The day I got final cut was just uh, a, a, a glorious day. <laughs> if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be? What would it be? Um, don't work for so-and-so client? No. Um, I guess not to worry as much. Um, and also, despite what you might think in the heat of a project, the odds of a clients are not going out of their way to annoy you. They're just, you know, it's a, you know, merely, or, you know, perhaps lack of knowledge of stop motion we're asking you to do is seemingly impossible. We're not actually doing it just to get at you. That would probably be the the message I'd send to my young, unbearded self. So that sort of don't take it personally sort of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I should say, yeah, it is a fine beard. You can, of course, <laughs> you'll yeah. see, see the picture at beingfreelance.com uh, where you can also find links so you can watch some of Graham's work and check out his site and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff and reach out to him uh, as well. And if there's been a, ra- a rustling and a clicking on the microphone during this, it's, it is doubtless the rustling of Graham's beard. <laughs> so, yeah, take a look, beingfreelance.com for all of that where you can also uh, sign up to the newsletter and... Uh, Check out lots of previous guests as well. Grant, thank you so much. Not at all. Pleasure. Um, good on you for having the nuts to drop out of uni and just follow the passion and see what happens. Okay. Graham, it's been really nice speaking to you. Love okay. your um love your videos and look forward to seeing many more. All the best being freelance. Cheers. Thanks, Steve.